Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. Today's lesson is called <clears throat> Every Sheep Needs a Shepherd, brothers and sisters. Today's dialogue will be about submitting to God's will and direction, even when it's contrary to our feelings, brothers and sisters. One thing that you know is that the Bible likens us to sheep. Why? Because sheep are one of the most vulnerable animals in existence. They need constant guidance and protection, lest they fall into unsuspected dangers. There are many books, teachings, and sermons about the process of getting what you want in life from the Most High. There's very little said about how to accept the answer, no, from the Most High God. How to handle the disappointment when the Most High denies our request, brothers and sisters. We all have the sense to be happy when things go right, but we need the Most High to teach us how to be happy when all hell breaks loose. How to keep trusting him when he says no. We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy, thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Confide in God's will. The secret of all true greatness, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother Joshua. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Continue. In all thy ways, in some him. ways, in all thy ways, acknowledge in him. one way, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Learning to let go and let God have his way in our lives is the best thing we can do for ourselves, brothers and sisters. This is a call to surrender our need for control. When you trust and decide that you will allow the most high to drive, there's a natural rest that will occur, brothers and sisters. He said, trust in the Most High with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding. That's in all facets, brothers and sisters, in all ways, acknowledging. So that's as it pertains to anything and everything, brothers and sisters. You could never go wrong by allowing the Most High God, by allowing Christ to direct your path in, in any fashion, in any fashion at all, brothers and sisters. So today's lesson will be about Allowing the Most High to be our shepherd, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to, we're going to actually read that one more time. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Right. So this is the dialogue today, brothers and sisters. Why? Because it's our prerogative as the commandment keepers church to prepare those who trust our church for the things that will will arise on this path, on this marathon. Everything is not going to be, uh, you know, roses, brothers and sisters. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be tribulation, brothers and sisters. You're not going to get everything that you want. So be disingenuous of us. To make somebody believe that if they follow the Most High God, they'll get whatever they want. That's disingenuous, brothers and sisters. And that's that's not what we're here to do. We're here to prepare our brothers and sisters for all the things that will come on this road to the kingdom. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. Proverbs 1, verse 33. But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely. Read that again. 
For whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely. Notice the word hearken, brothers and sisters, which means listen. Those who listen unto me, read that one more time from the top, brother. But for whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The Most High leads, we follow. If you do, then the Most High will give us safe and secure dwellings in this life and protection from evil things, brothers and sisters. Now, if you examine this, this is a very powerful promise for all believers, brothers and sisters. Why? Because many find themselves in one dire circumstance after another as a result of not listening to the Most High and doing what He wants us to do with our lives. Read that one more time, Brother Joshua, please. Verse 33, But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Examine that, brothers and sisters. We must acknowledge the Most High and we will dwell safely and we will have no fear of evil. Remember, as a child, your parents tell you, don't talk to strangers. Don't accept candy from strangers. Don't open the door when I'm not home, right? Now, as a child, you have, you're completely oblivious to all of the evil that's out there, but your parents will never tell you to do anything that's against you, brothers and sisters. The Most High saying, listen, listen to me and you shall dwell safely. A lot of times we, we do whatever we want in life and then we beg the Most High <laughs> when we need to be delivered. So we do, you know, what we want to do for the majority of the whole year. And then every time we fall into trouble where we can't deliver ourselves, then we go to him and ask him to, to, to deliver us. We have to grow out of that. That's that that is immature, brothers and sisters, and that's the sign of somebody who's spiritually undeveloped, brothers and sisters. We don't have time to waste. There's no time to waste, brothers and sisters. We're in Jacob's trouble. We must listen to the most high so we can dwell safely. We're gonna to go to Isaiah fifty five and eight. Why? Because the, the most high said, Listen to me and you shall dwell safely. Acknowledge him in all our ways. Now, why do we need to acknowledge him in all our ways, brothers and sisters? That's the question. Isaiah 55 and 8 will tell us why we must acknowledge him in all our ways. Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Read that again, brother. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. Examine that. The Most High will not always do what we think he should, brothers and sisters. There's a great difference between the plans of the Most High and those of man. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. Continue. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. Read that again. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Examine that. He's telling us our small minds don't have the capacity to begin to comprehend the intricacies of his plans, brothers and sisters. The Most High's wisdom is beyond the highest degree of human knowledge. That's why we must receive counsel from the Most High when making any decision, especially major decisions, brothers and sisters. Especially major decisions or life-altering decisions. Why? Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. So what makes sense in your mind may not make sense at all to the Most High God. So it, it, it comes from humility, brothers and sisters. And not to be so, so pompous 
so smug to believe that your train of thought is the most highest train of thought, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 14 and 24. Just a few chapters over. Same book, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 14, verse 24. The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Examine that. He's saying that, listen, the things that the Most High say will happen, brothers and sisters. It will come to pass. He's bound by his word, brothers and sisters. So no matter what I want or what you want, his purpose will stand. Examine that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. As he have purposed, so shall it stand. So the first opportunity you have to say yes may be in church, brothers and sisters. The second time you have the second opportunity you have to say no or yes, you may be in a hospital bed. So either way, the Most High will have his way, brothers and sisters, whether you're poor or you're rich. Doesn't matter whether you have more degrees than a thermometer. The Most High will have his way, brothers and sisters. You can be a celebrity or you can be dirt poor. The Most High's purpose will stand. And knowing that should... That should let us know that we should just concede, brothers and sisters, to whatever his plan is. Because only thing we will end up doing is exhausting ourselves emotionally. That leads to what? That leads to stress. That leads to depression. So if you know that the Most High's plan will come to pass, irregardless of what you do, then we should just succumb to that. We should concede. We should make concession to the Most High's plan, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, before we move on. Verse 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. All right. So, brothers and sisters, we're here to show that every sheep needs a shepherd. We, as his children, are sheep, and he is our shepherd, brothers and sisters. And there will come a time when he doesn't agree with, or he will not Grant your request, brothers and sisters. And we have to learn how to deal with that, brothers and sisters. Because some people can't deal with that. Some people, as long as the Most High's plan is with your plan, you're happy. But as soon as he say no, as soon as he declines, as soon as he say not right now, then your true colors come out. And I, I, I have to warn you, we have to forewarn you, that there will come times when the Most High will say no. And you have to be prepared for that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 115 and 3, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Psalms 115 and 3. Excuse me. Psalms 115 and 3. Psalms 115, verse 3. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. He hath done whatever he pleased, brothers and sisters. So what is this saying? This is, a, uh, this is letting us know. This is giving us some insight that the Most High does not need me or you to agree with him. He needs us to submit. <laughs> His eternal purpose will be accomplished. You're either going to roll with him or get rolled over, brothers and sisters. He is supremely exalted and omnipotent. 
whatever he wants to do is what's going to happen, brothers and sisters. And we have nothing to say about that. We have, we should have nothing to say about that. And if you do have something to say about that, you should examine that because now you have to examine your heart and what's dwelling in you that you can question the most high or you feel like you, you know, you have the unmitigated goal to be able to, to, to question the most high's purpose. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three, but our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. Right. He's going to do whatever he want to do, brothers and sisters, whether you agree with it or understand it, <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. To be quite honest, it doesn't matter if I understand why he said no. It doesn't under, it doesn't matter whether I agree that he said no. My job is to serve him. That's it. I don't have to agree. I don't have to understand. That's what and see when you can do that, brothers and sisters, when you can do that, you have now just raised a level. Because there's levels to this thing here, brothers and sisters. You have now developed spiritually one level. Because you have to you have to your mind must be more disciplined than your feelings, brothers and sisters. You have to discipline your mind. An undisciplined mind <laughs> leads to damnation, brothers and sisters. You must be able to discipline your mind more than you want to f follow your feelings or your emotions, brothers and sisters. Why? Read that one more time, brother. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he has pleased. He yep. hath done whatever he hath pleased, brothers and sisters. So we need to put that out there. Because whatever the Most High's plan is will be accomplished. Therefore, we shouldn't fight it. We shouldn't swim upstream against the current of the Most High, brothers and sisters. We should concede. We should make concession. We should bow down to His will, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Wisdom scriptures, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart deviseth his way. Read that again. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directed his steps. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The Most High rules our lives. Man proposes, God disposes, brothers and sisters. So you can tell him what you want, but he's going to tell you what you're going to do. And that's for me included, brothers and sisters. We cannot move our lives in any direction unless the Most High is pleased with that particular choice. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directed his steps. Exactly. So, though a man may think he determines his own way by planning and careful thought, ultimately, the Most High is the one who directs our steps. Now, I want to be clear. The Most High is not against planning. He's just against those who think that they determine their lives by their planning. So, if you want to make God laugh, tell him you have plans, brothers and sisters. Tell him you have plans if you want to make the Most High chuckle. We're going to show you. We're going to go to James. Let's go to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. We're going to go to James. If you want to make the most high laugh, tell him that you have plans. James 4, verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. So right here, he's starting to highlight the uncertainty of our plans. It says, go to now ye that say, oh, well, tomorrow or next month, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. That's my plan. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13, verse 13, go to now ye that say, 
today or tomorrow we shall go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Right. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen next month. You don't know what's going to happen next year. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be in the morrow, for what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away? Your life is but a vapor <laughs> that appear for a little time and before you know it, it's gone, brothers and sisters. So no matter how much we prepare, no matter how strong our will, no matter how great our resources, our plans may or may not come to pass, brothers and sisters. So why did we go here? Because men, men have many plans, but the Most High has one plan, and that's the plan that shall come to pass. We're going to show you. Read verse 15, brother. Verse 15. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this. Or do that. Right. So if the most high will, then I'll do this. This is my plan. But if the most high overrule that plan, then I'm going to have to change that. And that's how we should speak, brothers and sisters. Because you don't know what the most high have planned for you today, tomorrow. You can have a plan, but you better consult with your creator to see if he's in agreement with that plan. Because the only thing you're going to do is waste your life. That's the only thing you're going to do, brothers and sisters. That's the only thing you're going to do. So we must consult with the Most High and say, Father, is it okay if I do this? I, this is what I desire. How do you feel about that? Is there any way I could fit my plan within your will, but your will first? If, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. A lot of people say, well, in four years, this is what I plan. Okay, well, that's good. If you start making plans, the only thing you're going to do is disappoint yourself. You say, listen, I want to be successful. I want to have an education. I don't know how I'll, I'll obtain those things, but the most high will direct it. Because that's the thing. We want to obtain certain things. We want to arrive at a certain destination. And you can do that. But there's many different ways to that destination. And you're going to have to take the path of the most highs to get to your destination, brothers and sisters. Why are we putting this out there? Because so many people fight against the current and waste their time. Therefore, they get depressed, they get stressed, and they just put down the Bible altogether. Go away from the Most High God because they're fighting against His will. And especially once you're baptizing in the truth, you are being controlled now. Before, you probably could have got away with some things. But once you've acknowledged your sin and now come under the Most High God... You are held to a higher standard. And when you don't do it, you're going to be punished severely. Because when you had no knowledge of it, the Most High was equitable and didn't judge you on that. But now that you have the knowledge, you are responsible for that knowledge that you have, brothers and sisters. So a lot of people, they realize that. They come into the truth and the things that they were getting away with before, they're definitely not getting away with now. That's right. Because you've already acknowledged, you know the truth now. You know what he's directing you to do. So we needed to point that out, brothers and sisters. We can only do what the Most High allow us to do, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Lamentations in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. Please follow us. Lamentations 3, verse 37. Who is he that saith, and it come to pass? Read that again, brother. Who is he that saith? And it cometh to pass when the Lord commandeth not. Examine that, brothers and sisters. 
Who, who are you <laughs> that what you say will come to pass and the Most High didn't allow it? Who am I to think that I can, you know, do what I want to do without the permission of the Most High God, brothers and sisters? So examine that. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much we whine and complain, if it does not coincide with the Most High, a highest will, you will not accomplish it. You will not. You will only frustrate yourself, brothers and sisters. We don't want you to frustrate yourself. We want you to have rest. The only way you can have rest is if you allow him to lead, brothers and sisters. Christ said, those who are heavy laden, those who have burden, come to me and receive rest. The only way you can rest is if you know that you're not in control. Read verse 37 one more time, brother. Verse 37. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commanded not? Right, when the Most High commanded not. So only what he wills and desires will be accomplished, brothers and sisters. Only that. So don't waste your life. A lot of people, we, we, we waste time with the wrong, in the wrong situations, brothers and sisters. Living in the wrong location. Living at the wrong school, at the wrong job, in the wrong relationships. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I just wasted seven years of my life. I just wasted a whole year of my life trying to do it the way I wanted to do it. I did that as a young man, as a teenager, as a, you know, where I was just tired. I was frustrated. And finally, I broke down to the most. High. I said, I'm t I can't even walk no more. I need you to carry me now. I'm tired. I didn't try to fight this thing. As soon as, you know, I didn't try to fight this. I can't fight no more, Father. I'm going to just do what you say. I'm, I'm going to just do what you say. I'm, I'm on a treadmill. I'm running, but I'm going nowhere. You just you just exhausting yourself. You 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 you're not gaining anything. You're not gaining anything. I told a brother, you know, he was a, a brother who at one time sold pharmaceuticals to his own people. And I'm like, look at you, brother. You've been doing this for five six years. You have nothing to show for it, brother. Because a lot of times we say, well, I'm just doing that so I can get this, and then I'm gonna stop. I'm like, brother, you could have got a regular job. Of course, you wouldn't have made the money as fast, but you would have been, you would have accomplished something. You would have something to show for it, brother. Why? Because when you make money like that, you have no respect for it because you didn't make it the right way. I would rather, listen, a real hustler get a job. Slow grind is better than no grind. I would rather do it the most high's way than to do it my way on a fast track and lose it all. Because if you do it your way, you will lose it all eventually. If you do it the most highest way, you don't have to worry about somebody taking it from you. Because the most high gave it to you, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time before we move on, brother Joshua. Verse 37. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commanded not? Right. He, who is he that will say that I want to do this or this is what's going to happen in the most high commanded not? So the only way to accomplish it, brothers and sisters, is to get his guidance on it. Go to him with it. Father, is this job right? <laughs> it, should I move to this location? Is this man or is this woman right? Is this car? Even when I get a car, I pray, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I pray when I get a car. No matter what I'm doing, I pray, brothers and sisters. Because it's never too small to consult with your creator. Never. We're going to move forward. We're going to go to Proverbs 19 and 21, brothers and sisters. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Proverbs 19, verse 21. 
There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Examine that. See, brothers and sisters, there are many devices in a man's heart. So a man may have many ideas and plans that will be disappointed. <laughs> Why? Because the most High's purpose and plan shall prevail over all, brothers and sisters. Examine that. Read that one more time, brother. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. See? So that's why we don't want you to waste time, brothers and sisters. We don't want you to get frustrated. We don't want you stressed out. We want you to consult with your God. Get, you know, allow him to sign off on it. And then you can go. Then you can go. But you can't go until he sign off on it, brothers and sisters. You're only going to frustrate yourself, brothers and sisters. People may have many plans, but the Most High has one purpose, and it's His purpose that shall prevail. You will only exhaust yourself trying to swim upstream against the current of the Most High's purpose, brothers and sisters. There's many devices in a man's heart, and a woman's heart too, for that matter. But only the Most High's counsel shall stand, brothers and sisters. So we must get guidance and counsel from our Father as it pertains to to everything, brothers and sisters. Or you'll look up, you'll be 65, and then look back at your life and then be like, I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing to show for anything. I mean, I just try to do it my way. You look up, you're 85, and you're like, I mean, what? Don't fall there, brothers and sisters. That's what Satan wants you to do. Satan wants to divert you. He want to divert you, brothers and sisters. Even if you don't stop, he want to divert you. Don't allow Satan to divert you. Don't allow your heart, the devices of your heart, to lead you astray, brothers and sisters. Don't be smug and, and arrogant to believe that you know better or that I know better than what the Most High's counsel or plan or purpose is, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. We're going to magnify that by going to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Jeremiah 10, verse 23. O Lord, I know, that, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Read that again. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in the in man that walketh to direct his steps. Examine that. Man is not the master of his own way, but is directed and overruled by the power and purpose of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. It's not within you to be able to direct yourself. It is not our responsibility to direct our own steps in this life, brothers and sisters. That's the responsibility that now belongs to the Most High God and the Most High God alone. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct, direct his steps. Right, it's not in us. And that's man or woman to direct our own steps, brothers and sisters. So as long as men and women seek to be guided by their own counsels and by what seems good to them, they are destined to frustration and defeat, brothers and sisters. This is the most high show. He's the director. We're just the extras. Brothers and sisters, we're just extras. So he's showing you it's not within any man. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter how much celebrity you have. <laughs> Doesn't matter about any of that stuff. It's not within a man or woman to direct themselves. 
You didn't create yourself. The Most High created you. You didn't wake yourself up. The Most High woke you up. It's the Most High's objective, His purpose, His power that should direct His sheep, brothers and sisters, unless you're not His sheep. Because guess what? You're being led somehow. If you're, you're a sheep regardless, you're either being led by Satan or you're being led by the Most High God. So listen, you choose. Because Satan will give you what you want, knowing that it will destroy you. <laughs> he will allow it to destroy you. Just like drugs, right? You can have drugs, yeah, but then you get hooked and they destroy you in the long end. You're like, yeah, you know, he allowed me to get high. That feels good, right? Yeah. And then you strung out on drugs 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years for the rest of your life. So the most high is in control. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me in all aspects of life, brothers and sisters, in all aspects of life. So we must consult with him. And when he says no, we must be able to accept that answer also, brothers and sisters. I personally hear no all the time from the most high. <laughs> I'm just like a baby. I'm a, I'm a child to him. No matter how much I think I know, I come to him. I'm like, Father, this is what I'm trying to do. He's like, no. I'm like, all right, well, all right. Okay, well, <laughs> you know. So it doesn't matter how much you study and read and all that's fine. The answer is no. <laughs> Can you handle that? And I, I personally, I'm, you know. The most I have matured me to the point where I can understand that I can receive that and move on because I know that's actually what shows the maturity is that I can follow him even when I believe it doesn't benefit me. Because who am I? Who am I? I'm a slave. I'm a prisoner of the most high. I do what he tell me to do. That's it. So even when people, you know, come into the church, a lot of young brothers come in and say, well, you should teach this and you should teach that. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, point, you know, point taken, but I'm not going to do that, brother, because I have to teach what the most high tell me to teach. Well, you should teach a vegetarian doctrine or you should teach a, a flat earth. I'm like, I'm not doing that, brother. I, I mean, I can follow what the most high told me to do and I can't teach anything outside of the doctrine of Christ. No matter what you want me to do, I have to follow my God. Maybe that's your mission to teach, will only teach uh, uh, Israelites and not teach Gentiles. But I have to do what the Most High told me to do. Even if I think it, it may be some other stuff out there that may be more tantalizing, you know, more interesting. I'm under the rule of his thumb. So I do exactly as he tell me to do and nothing else. And any brother that's looking for office within a work had to be that same way. Because the Most High can't put you over a flock and you're disobedient to him. You're going to teach off what you want to teach, which is what's going on out there. A lot of people, brothers and sisters, you see him just bringing in all this other doctrine that have nothing to do with the doctrine of Christ. And you know the Most High didn't give him that position. They took that position themselves because the Most High's doctrine is clear in Hebrews. The doctrine of Christ is clear. I don't want to let me get off my soapbox. We're going to go to Romans. <laughs> We're going to go to Romans 11 and 33. Romans 11, verse 23. 33, please. 33. Oh, the depth of his riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsure are his judgments. Excuse me. Uh, read that one more time from the top, brother. Oh, yeah. Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths 
of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. <laughs> his wisdom is so beyond our ability to comprehend that we don't even have a point of comparison, brothers and sisters. <laughs> what man shall teach the Most High how to govern this world? Examine it. Re read that one more time, brother. Verse 33. Verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. His judgment is unsearchable. His ways are past finding out, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so when we humbly acknowledge how the Most High is so much wiser than any other being, we're able to admit that he knows best, brothers and sisters. <laughs> So it would be wise to trust the Most High. Why? Because this biblical text tells us his wisdom is unfathomable. So can you admit to that? And if you can't admit to that, then submit. I understand that, brothers and sisters. A lot of us just found out, you know, within the last two decades that the Sabbath was on Saturday. How can you just be finding out that the Sabbath is on Saturday, but then you're going to direct your own path? How can you just find out you're an Israelite, but yet you're going to direct your own path? When you was directing your own path, you thought you was a Gentile. <laughs> you were celebrating Christmas. You thought Sunday was you. You were celebrating Easter. So obviously you're not good at directing your own path. Neither am I. <laughs> Neither am I. Read 33 one more time, brother. Verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. And his ways past finding out. Continue. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Read that again. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Examine that. Who, who, who know the mind of the Most High God? Who does the Most High go to for counsel? Not you. <laughs> not you. Not, definitely not me. <laughs> definitely not me. So if you think that the Most High should consult with you, you, you need to really examine yourself. You got some arrogance about you. You got some pride, some smugness about you. If you think that the Most High must agree with you or see how you feel about a decision that he's making, we must become humble, brothers and sisters. We must show humility. And the humility is, even when you don't agree, you follow what your father tells you to do. That's showing your maturity, Paul said what? When I was a child, I thought as a child. I, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put those childish things away. So we don't throw temper tantrums. What we do is we just follow what he says. That That's loyalty. That's what that is, brothers and sisters. And for those who are going to make into the kingdom, they have to have that mindset. The Most High can't trust you if some things that he say you won't do and some things you will. No, you might as well just go the whole other way. You might as well just go follow Lucifer. You might as well just go, you know, go put a pentagram tattoo on you with a goat head on you. You might as well just go, uh, you know, eat a pork chop sandwich. <laughs> you might as well just go downstairs on Easter Sunday and eat a ham hock sandwich. If you can't follow the Most High God. We're going to go to Second Ezra's. Four, because why? He said his judgments are unsearchable. His ways are past finding out. His, 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 his knowledge is unfathomable, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you how unfathomable it is.
Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're in Second Edris in your apographer, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Second Edris 4, verse 1. And the angel that was sent unto me, whose name was Uriel, gave me an answer. Now, we got to give you some background. When you read Second Ezra's chapter 3, brothers and sisters, Ezra, or Ezra from the Old Testament, was asking the Most High God, why did he give us the law to follow if Jeremiah 17 and 9 says we have a wicked heart? So he asked the Father, why give us the law if you know that we have a wicked heart and we can't follow it? So this was, this was, he started getting too big for his britches here. He started questioning the most high brothers and sisters. And this is what transpired subsequently. Verse two, read verse one, one more time, brother. Verse one. And the angel that was sent on to me, whose name was Uriel, gave me an answer and said, thy heart has, hath gone too far for this world. And think read, it, read that again. Thy heart hath gone too far in this world. Right. So he's saying, listen, you're going too far right now, okay? You think you can question the Most High? Let's let the scripture speak for itself. Read verse 2 one more time, brother. Verse 2. And said, Thy heart hath gone too far in this world, and thinketh thou can con comprehend the way of the Most High? You think you can comprehend the way of the Most High? Now examine this, brothers and sisters. This is one of the writers of the Bible. <laughs> The angel Uriel is saying, you know, being sent by the Most High, saying, listen, you've you gone too far. You, you think, you know, because I, I've given you prophecy that you can question the Most High, that you can comprehend the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2, and said, thy heart hath gone too far in this world, and thinketh thou to comprehend the way of the Most High. Right. See, now he's going to show him how menial his understanding is compared to the most high. So we're going to jump to verse 5. Verse 5, And I said, Tell on, my Lord. Then said he unto me, Go thy way, weigh me the weight of the fire, or measure me the blast of the wind. Weigh me the weight of the fire. He said, Since you, since you questioned me, <laughs> tell me what the weight of, how much does fire weigh? Can you, can you do that? Can you go, you know, get you out of scale or whatever, you know? And just go get a flame and just, you know, just measure that. Come back to me with that information. Because you're asking me questions like you, you can comprehend the things that I forget. The Most High, His knowledge could fill up this whole earth a trillion times over, brothers and sisters. Your mind would explode trying to comprehend His understanding. He's telling, listen, you're going too far. Your mind, you're getting a little too puffed up here thinking you can question me. Now he wanted to show him how much he does not know. Read verse 5 again, brother. Verse 5. And I said, Tell on, my Lord. Then said he unto me, Go thy way. Weigh me the weight of fire. Or measure me the blast of wind. Measure me the blast of wind. I, I need you to measure wind. Measure the strength of wind. What does wind look like? What, what, what does that look like? Can you give me the specs on that? Give me the speculations on that. Or call me again the day that is past. Or what? Call me the day again that is past. Right. Tell me everything that happened yesterday. Since you're asking all these questions, I need you to tell me how much fire weighs. I need you to tell me what wind looks like, how to measure it. Tell me, you know, show me some wind. I need you to tell me everything that happened yesterday in the earth, starting with yourself. Tell me what time you woke up exactly, what you did exactly after that, how long it took you to go to the bathroom. Tell me... You know, what toothpaste you use. Tell me what 
all the ingredients were in that toothpaste, <laughs> right? Then tell me how long it, where'd you go after that? How long did it take you to get to work after that? Tell me every person that you passed on the way to work. Tell me what their license plate was, every car that you drove past. <laughs> T- tell me, matter of fact, tell me their license number of all the people that you drove past. Tell me the birth dates. Tell me how many hairs are on the head of every person, that all your co-workers. Exactly. See? So he's telling you, your mind is getting too big here. You can't comprehend my ways. You don't don't question me. Read that one more time, verse 5, brother. Verse 5. And I said, tell on, my Lord. Then said he unto me, go thy way. Weigh me the weight of fire. Or measure me the blast of wind, or call me again the day that is past. Then answered I and said, What man is able to do that? That thou hast that sh- that thou shalt ask me such thing of me. He said, What man is able to do that? That was his response. The most high was trying to show him, your mind is too small to understand my direction. You don't need to understand it. You need to obey it. <laughs> so Ezra said, I mean, what what man is able to measure you know? Is be able to weigh fire or measure wind or, or tell you everything that's happened in the earth yesterday. Continue, brother. Verse 7. And he said unto me, If I should ask thee how great dwellings are in the midst of the sea, or how many springs are in the beginning of the deep. If I were to ask you how many, how many species are in the waters, how many springs, how many sources of water lead to the ocean. Or how many springs are above the firmament. Or because remember he said he divided from the heavens and the earth. He divided the waters from the waters. How many waters are in the in the heavens? Or which are the outgoings of paradise? Where are the doorways? Where are the, where are the portals into the, the heavenly realm? Into the, the gates of hell? To the depths of hell? If I were to ask you where those are. Pre-adventure thou wouldest say unto me. I never went down in the deep, nor as a yet in the hell, neither did I ever climb up into heaven. So you would say to me, I've never been, you know, to the bottom of the ocean. I've never gone to hell. I've never climbed up into heaven. So I couldn't answer those, those questions. Nevertheless, now, now have I asked thee, but only of the fire and wind and of the day where throughout thou hast passed. So he's saying, I only asked you about things you deal with every day. So examine that. I'm asking you about fire, wind, in the day that you were that you lived in, and you can't even answer those questions. So don't try to comprehend my understanding. Don't try to comprehend my ways. Read that one more time, brother. Verse nine. Nevertheless, now have I asked thee, but only of the fire and wind, and of the day where thou thou hast passed, and of things from which thou canst not be separated. And yet canst thou give me no answer of them. And yet you still can't answer me. (laughs) And yet you still cannot answer me. Examine that, brothers and sisters. He's telling you, you don't need to understand it. You need to obey it. And if you won't obey what you don't understand, it's because you don't trust him. If you're saying, listen, I only obey what I understand. That's showing you don't trust the Most High. There's no faith there. See? So we're going to prove that. If you don't... Follow the most high, even when you don't understand it, it's because you lack trust. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 20 to show you that Moses dealt with this struggle. Numbers chapter 20, verse 2. 
Because there was a time where we're actually going to start at verse one. There was a time where Moses and our people was in the the wilderness and our people started to complain. First, we complained there was no food. Then we complained there was no water. Then we just complained that we wanted to be back in Egypt. We're going to read Numbers chapter 20, verse two. We're going to start at verse two. Numbers 20, verse two. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness? Why did you bring us out here? That we and our cattle should die there. Did you bring us out here to die? See, this is our people. The Most High just split the Red Sea. <laughs> you know this is our people right here. The Most High just split the Red Sea. Our people like, I mean, why did you bring us out here? Are we going to die? Our cattle going to die? I mean, we could have stayed in Egypt. Read verse 4 one more time, brother. Verse 4. And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have ye made... Have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us onto this evil place? It is no place for place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Read verse 6, brother. Verse 6. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces... And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. So because our people were complaining, Moses and Aaron went to the father and said and spoke to the father about all this complaining that was taking place. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before and, their eyes. And do what? Speak unto the rock before their eyes. And do what? Speak unto the rock before their eyes. Speak to the rock. And it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. So he said, speak to the rock. The, wa- the rock will bring forth water. Therefore, our people and the beasts shall be able to drink. Now, let's see. What Aaron did. I mean, excuse me. Let's see what Moses did, brothers and sisters. Read verse 9, brother Joshua. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered up the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand. And with his rod, he smote the rock twice. He did what? Smote the rock twice. He did what? Smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Now we've already read that the Most High told him to speak to the rock. He smote, he hit the rock, he struck the rock twice, brothers and sisters. Read verse 11 one more time, brother. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Examine this next scripture, brothers and sisters. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believed me not. Because what? Ye believed me not. Because what? Ye believed me not. Because you didn't believe me, 
<laughs> because you didn't trust me to, to, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, ye shall not bring the con- this congregation into the land which I have given them. Examine that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Obedience comes from trust. What you don't obey, you don't believe. So you're not going to obey someone you don't trust, obviously, brothers and sisters, right? Examine it. And a lot of brothers, they come and say, well, my, my girlfriend, my wife, is she, you know, she, she don't listen to anything I say. And I'm thinking like, brother, she don't trust you probably. You're probably a liar, a cheater, a thief, a fornicator, looking at pornography, all types of stuff. And you're going to tell her, girl, I'm the man. I, I'm the man up in here. She looking at you like, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Yeah, she don't trust you. That's why she's not obeying you. That's why she's probably still eating pork and, and, and celebrating holidays. Because she don't trust it coming from you. So why do we go here? We show we went here to show that obedience comes from trust. He told Moses to speak to the rock. Moses struck the rock twice. And what did the Most High say? Verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. Because ye believed me not. Because what? Ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Examine that. So now you're not going into the land. Now you're not going into the land because you didn't follow my directions. You don't trust me? Okay, well fine. To show you when you disobey, when the Most High say no, or not right now. Or don't go. You don't trust the Most High God. You don't trust His direction. You don't trust His guidance. Also, what else are we seeing here? If you examine it, it shows you that partial obedience is disobedience. (laughs) Some people say, well, He still got water for him. Doesn't matter. (laughs) See? So, examine this, brothers and sisters. They got to the destination, but He took the wrong path. See? So, the whole deal was to... To, to make sure that the children of Israel and their beasts were able to uh, to drink and be nourished, and they were nourished, but he took the wrong he took he took an improper route to get that water. He struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, which shows you there's two ways to do it. There's two paths and one choice, brothers and sisters. See, so there's other ways to get to the destination, but the Most High is telling you follow this route. Follow this route. And some people will look and say, well, because he was, you know, because the water came and they drunk, everything should be okay. No, no, not at all. Just because something worked doesn't mean that it was okay. Wrong is wrong, brothers and sisters. We, we need to put that out there. Yeah, the people drunk. But obviously the most I said, you didn't trust me. And therefore there's a punishment for that. Even though you brought these people out of the land and across the Red Sea, since you don't trust me, you don't go into the land. Moses, Aaron. Examine this. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Because ye believed me not, which shows when the Most High tell you no to the job, no to the move or the location, no to the car, no to the woman, no to the man, and you do it anyway... You're showing that you don't trust him. You believe you know better than him. And understand, it's going to fall apart. Why? Because his purpose is the only one that shall prevail. Examine that, brothers and sisters. We need to magnify that. Further proof that trust and obedience is one and the same. 
We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer. 32, verse 24. We're going to Sirach, or Ecclesiasticus, chapter 32, verse 24, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus, 32, verse 24. He that believeth in the Lord, taketh heed to the commandments. Read that again. He that believeth in the Lord, taketh heed to the commandments. And he that trusteth in him, shall fare never the worse. See? He that trust or believe in the Most High take heed to his commandment. So that's not just the commandments in the Bible, brothers and sisters. That's directive. That's direction. That's what that is. So if he say no. <laughs> and see, the thing is, when you're following the Most High, Christ said his sheep know his voice. So that means you you understand what he's saying. You know what's going on. You see things going on. He may not tell you in the voice of no, but he'll have you catch certain things that's going on around you to tell you, nah, don't, nah, uh nope. And you'll ignore it. He already know you hear it because his sheep hear his voice. Sisters, when they get in a relationship that falls apart because a man was a fornicator, a cheater, an adulterer, there was things that you were seeing before then and you just ignored it. You know he saw it. You're like, nah, he wouldn't do that to me. You know, nah. No, you saw it. That was the most high showing you. No, not him. Brothers, the same thing. You saw what was going on. You saw what she was doing. You saw what kind of person she was. And you ignored it for maybe fleshly pleasure or whatever the case was. But you caught it. And you catching it was him trying to show it to you. Because these little things that transpire in our day to day, it was easily that you could have ignored it and not even realized it. But the fact that you realized it shows that that was the most high. You know how many days we just go through life and don't even realize certain things? When you actually realize it, that's him showing it to you, brothers and sisters. Nothing happens by chance. When that happens to me in my life and I actually catch something that was actually really small... But it becomes big when I actually hone in on it. I'm like, that was definitely the most high. Because I could have easily missed, you know, overlooked that and not even seen that. But the fact that I caught that, that's him talking to me. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 24. He that believeth in the Lord taketh heed to the commandment. And he that trusteth in him shall fare never the worse. A lack of trust is the root of all disobedience, brothers and sisters. You must trust that your father know better and he's going to direct you. He's not going to walk you off a cliff. <laughs> he knows what's good for you. He knows what will happen if you do certain things, if you have certain things, brothers and sisters. And you must trust that. Th you must trust him. When you make a decision, you say, no matter what you want me to do, I'm going to follow it. You can't make decisions based on each thing that he bring you and say, well, okay, he told me to do this. Uh, I guess I'll do it. No, in the very beginning, you come to him and you say, whatever you tell me to do until the end of my life, I'm going to do. You don't deal with it on a decision by decision basis. You tell him no matter what it is, I'm going to do it. That makes it easier for you. That's the burden. That's the rest because you already know I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm not going to think about, well, what's the pros and cons of this? No, I already said I'm a follower. <laughs> I already said it. So we need to examine that, brothers and sisters. If you actually trust the Father, then you must take heed to his instruction. If you don't take heed to his instruction, it's because you are arrogant, smug, and pride. Uh, excuse me, proud. 
And you believe you know better. And there's judgment for that. We're going to go to Psalms 32 and 8. Please follow us back to the Tanakh. Psalms 32 verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou hast thou shalt go. Read that again, brother. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with thy with mine eye. With what? Mine eye. With what? Mine eye. Examine that. He guides us with his eye by his clear sight and discernment of the way in which we ought to go, brothers and sisters. See? He will guide us as a rider does a horse, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. He, he will guide us with his eye, brothers and sisters. So you only thing you must understand is that he knows what's best, brothers and sisters. That's the only thing you must understand. As the creator... Excuse me. As the creator, do you think he may be qualified in directing us into happiness and away from sorrow and sin, brothers and sisters? Do you think he may be qualified to do such an act? <laughs> Sometimes his instruction will be to overrule what you're requesting, brothers and sisters. See? So understand that. He will instruct us through what he sees is right. Your eye may not grasp what can actually go wrong the same way as a child when mommy and daddy, your physical mom and dad, told you eat your vegetables. Then you grow up and find out that vegetables keep you healthy. <laughs> right? You find that out. See? So understand, you must trust him. That's the only thing you must understand. You must understand that you don't know it all. See, the smartest people know that they know nothing at all. <laughs> That's what the smartest people know. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye, be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and brittle, lest they come near unto thee. Examine this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> When a horse, you have a horse, you have those things in their mouth that force them to snatch him back. <laughs> He's telling you, listen, just follow me before I have to snatch you up. See? Don't be like a horse or a mule when you, you put that thing in their jaws to, to pull them back or to direct them. Listen, he telling you, listen, just follow me or I'm going to have to force you. <laughs> Examine that, brothers and sisters. See? So there's only, there's two ways. You can be like a horse or a mule who have to be forced or you can trust the Most High God in what he says. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall come compass him about. Examine that, brothers and sisters. See? So he's telling you, one way or another, you're going to go where I tell you to go. <laughs> Either I'm going to force you or you'll just follow my direction. See, this is why we're magnifying this, brothers and sisters. This is why we're magnifying this. Why? Because character isn't developed when you get what you want. It's developed when you don't get what you want, brothers and sisters. See? So no matter what, his accomplished, I mean, excuse me, his purpose will be accomplished. We don't want you to have to get snatched up <laughs> before you follow the Most High God, brothers and sisters. We want you to just concede. Just, just 
be in the spirit of concession. Just follow what he says before you exhaust yourself and, and get broke down because he will break you. All of us at some point get broken, brothers and sisters. When you come into this truth, the most high bring you low. He puts you in a lower state to break you all the way down to where you just <laughs> you just allow him to, to lead because you've been broke down. And if you haven't been broke down yet, it's coming. <laughs> I can tell you, brothers and sisters, if you haven't been broke down to where you're going to just follow him, it is coming. He will break you to your knees to where you just give up and say, Father, whatever you, I mean, whatever. I just don't want to be whipped no more. I just don't want to be beat no more. I just want an easier life. He will break you to your knees, brothers and sisters. And we don't want that for you. That's why we're, t we're you know, we're bringing out the scriptures to say the Father is instructing you into what's best. In one way or another, you will follow it. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12 and 7 to show you that even Paul was told no at some point, brothers and sisters. Paul had a sickness, brothers and sisters, known as a thorn, in which he prayed thrice. He prayed three times to the Most High God to have this particular sickness taken away from him. Excuse me. Correction, brothers and sisters, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. At least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. He's saying, now Paul, we gave you the backdrop that Paul has a, a sickness that the Bible doesn't tell you. He has an ailment, a physical ailment called a thorn in his flesh that the Bible doesn't give clarity on. As it pertains to what it is. And that's for a reason too. But it says read again brother. At least. At least I should be exalted above measure. Through the abundance of the revelation. So I have this. This ailment that I'm not. Magnified or, or. Exalted above measure. Because of how much knowledge I have. There was. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. There was what? Given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I should be exalted above measure. Examine that. So there's something there that keep me from being too prideful. From being too proud. Even though I have the knowledge. There's something that the Most High allowed me to have inside of my flesh. That, you know, keep me, you know, keep me in a lower state as it pertains to my humility. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. Read that again. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. I prayed the, to the Father three times <laughs> that he would take this away from me. Now, this is something, brothers and sisters, that was obviously painful and probably humiliating, too. So he's saying, Father, I would be a better man for you if I could do this. I would have no limitations for you if, you know, if you could take this away from me. He, he pleaded with the Most High. He was just saying how much... Better he would be if the father took this particular ailment away from him. Read that again, brother. For this thing I besought... Tell him what scripture you're at. Verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. He said what? My grace is sufficient for thee. Examine this. He said, listen, my grace is sufficient. <laughs> what I've done for you is well enough. I'm not going to give you that, brothers and sisters. To show you that no matter how obedient you are sometimes, the answer will be no to what you're requesting. Because why? Paul pled to the Most High for 
you know, for something three times. And we know Paul was one of the greatest disciples after he was blinded on the road to Damascus from Christ. And what did he say? Verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So your weakness will be my strength. That's what he's saying. My grace is sufficient for you. You're asking for this and that. And I said, no, what I've done has already been enough, more than enough for you. That's what we have to understand, brothers and sisters. We must stay in that spirit that we should all be dead. If it was based on Old Testament laws, we should all be dead by now. Why? Because we've been breaking all these laws that lead to death. We, sh we should be dead by now. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Read verse 9 again, brother. Verse 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I I'd rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, we need to you to examine something, brothers and sisters. Paul paid, prayed thrice. Examine that. The Most High refused Paul's request. So interestingly, Paul ceased praying, not because he gave up and thought it was inappropriate to ask the Most High more than three times, but because he had received an answer. <laughs> it just happened that that answer was no, brothers and sisters. So when we do receive that answer, we are to react or act on that answer and not try to change the Most High's mind with our prayers. Why? Because to continue praying is not just stalling, it's disobedience. And it demonstrates our unwillingness to accept God's response. Right? Because sometimes we do that. We've already seen he shut all these doors, which is him saying no. And then we'll keep praying and say, well, I would be better at this and I would be able to do more work for you and this and that. Listen, once you receive the answer, that's it. That's it. Why did we go here? We went here to show you that Paul was obedient and he still heard the answer no. So if Paul, listen, if this is the man writing the Bible, if the man writing the Bible heard no, what about the men and women reading the Bible? Will they hear no? See, that's why we have to prepare you, brothers and sisters. That's why we're preparing you. Because at some point you will hear no. And what you do after that could 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 be the difference between life and death, the kingdom in judgment, eternal judgment. So we needed you to examine that, brothers and sisters. Paul, a man who healed people, a man who was obedient and followed the law. He knew the law. He was a Pharisee. He knew the law. He wasn't eating pork or, or none of that. Being a fornicator, none of that, brothers and sisters. And the Most High said no. So we needed to show you that, brothers and sisters. And we needed to magnify that after he received the answer, my grace is sufficient, he didn't pray for it again. <laughs> he, didn't he didn't pray for it again. And that, that's, that's a very pointed point, brothers and sisters. Because once you receive the answer, if you have to jump through hurdles to obtain what it is you're looking for, the answer is no. Because why? What the most high have for you is very easy, brothers and sisters. That's one thing I learned many years ago. With the most I have for you, you won't have to do acrobatics for. <laughs> you won't have to do acrobatics. It's easy because this is what he had for you. You only have to do acrobatics, <laughs> mental and physical acrobatics, when it's something outside of his will. 
when it's something outside of his will, brothers and sisters. So always keep that in mind. What the most I have for you will be easy for you to obtain. We're going to go to Acts 28 and 8 to show you that Paul, the same man that just was told no, he had the power to heal with his prayer. Acts 28 verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Paul entered and prayed and laid hands on him and he was healed. <laughs> so the question is, why is it that God works so good when we're praying for other people? <laughs> Read that again, brother. Verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Paul only had to pray one time for Publius, for, uh, you know, in this, in this situation. But he had to pray three times for, a month, for himself. Why are we so wise with other people's dilemmas and such fools with our own brothers and sisters? Paul raised the dead. He healed folks. But when he went before the father pertaining to his own problem, he was overruled. So the question is, what do you do when you've been overruled? <laughs> Surely the man writing the Bible can be told, no, what about the men and women reading it? To show you that just because you're being obedient, this man healed, baptized, followed the laws, holy days, and still was told no. To show you. His will be done, brothers and sisters. His will. You have to be prepared for that, brothers and sisters. Some people will whine and cry and, and go do it anyway because they heard no. The Most High give you everything you want mostly and then he say no to something, one or two things, and then you drop the whole faith. Or you go be disobedient and do it anyway, which will, you know, end up in destroying yourself and wasting your own time because his will going to be done regardless. You could have did it. You could have accomplished it 10 years ago, but you fought 10 years and now finally you're giving it up. You're 10 years older now when you could have just did it 10 years ago and it would have been OK. <laughs> right. A lot of brothers in prison, they know this. You could have just got a regular job, brother, like your father and mother was telling you, like the most I was telling you. But you had to go to prison for 10 years. Now you want to come out and get a job. You just lost 10 years of your life, brother. You lost 10 years of your life. Don't fight this, brothers and sisters. Our arms are not long enough to box with the Most High God. We're going to go to 1 John 5 and 14. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Every sheep needs a shepherd. 1 John 5 verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have petitioned... One second, brother. Give me a second. We need to actually back up to give it some context. Um, let's see. We're going to start at verse 14. 1 John 5 and 14. Excuse me. 1 John, verse five, or 1 John 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. Read that again. If he if we ask anything according to his will. Read that again. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Examine that. If we ask for anything according to his will. So our prayers must always be offered in submission 
to the will of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. We must be content with him supplying our needs according to his pleasure, brothers and sisters. See? So obviously, Paul, what he was asking for, even though it seemed like it was good, why God don't want him to be healed? Because it wasn't in his will. And your ways are not his ways. <laughs> you got to understand that. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Right. So examine this, brothers and sisters. If we ask for anything according to his will, that's how we get it granted, brothers and sisters. So this is where people get confused in reference to prayer. For prayer to be effective, it must be in accordance to the Most High's will, brothers and sisters. So many people think that prayer is persuading the Most High to do our will or trying to make him change his mind. <laughs> but this scripture is telling you, in other words, the Most High will not grant any prayer that is contrary to his will. No matter what. So we have to understand that, brothers and sisters. If it's in his will, he'll do it. And if it's not, then it's time for you to move on. Or you'll just waste time. You must get to that level, brothers and sisters. And I understand the Bible tells you the children of Israel are stiff-necked people. <laughs> we walked around in a circle for 40 years in the desert, brothers and sisters. We right there. Right there. You're like, nah, you still ain't broke down yet. I'm going to break you. 40 years. Don't let it take 40 years, brothers and sisters. Because you can't outlast the Most High God. We're going to Luke 22 and 42 to show you even Christ received the answer no. Now we know that Christ, before being crucified, he prayed to the Father and asked that the cup be removed for him. Luke 22 verse 42 saying, Father, if thou be willing... Remove this cup from me. Read that again. If thou, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. This is Christ's request. <laughs> now, if you examine this, this is the very essence. <clears throat> the very essence of faith is trust, brothers and sisters. So, examine that word. Nevertheless, it's a beautiful word, <laughs> because nevertheless, I'm going to do what you say. Nevertheless, I'll do your will, even though I'm asking you for something else. So the spirit of trust includes a willingness to do what the Father wants us to do. That's where that nevertheless comes in. Read that again, brother. Verse 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. If you be willing. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. See, so we must trust that the Most High God knows what's best. This was Christ saying, listen, if, if there's any other way, take this away from me. If there's any other way, the father said, continue on your mission. See, so if Christ can be told, no, <laughs> are you greater than your master? Examine it. And Christ never sinned. He didn't do anything wrong and he still was told no. We need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. We need you to prepare for that. We need you to humble yourself. We need you to be ready for when the Most High says no to continue to trust Him. Because you will hear no at some point during your walk. Don't become spoiled. 
We're going to go to Romans 8 and 14. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many are as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Read that again, brother. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Examine that. We must have unconditional trust to be led by the Most High and not our emotions, brothers and sisters. Why? Because emotional people make big mistakes when they when, <clears throat> excuse me, when they base decisions on how they feel rather than obeying the Most High and doing what they know is right. A lot of people are following their emotions. They're being led by, well, I feel this. I feel like that. We have to learn to live beyond our feelings and do what's right even when we feel wrong. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, you must be led by the Spirit of the Most High. Or you're not a son of the Most High. Now, I don't care if your father's mother and father was Zebulites or Jews. You're not a you're not a child of the Most High God if you're not being led by the Spirit, but being led by your emotions or led by Satan. Because any person being led by their emotions is being led by Satan. Men, especially men, have to stop being so over emotional. And that's usually what happens when a man is not rooted in the Bible. And a lot of our brothers have grown up without men in the house. So we, we've, unbeknownst to us and no fault of our own, neither to the mother, we've just grown up and learned from our mothers how to be emotional about all of our decisions. There is no man there to really show us how to make unemotional decisions. So that's where the most high come in. Because a lot of our men, especially children of Israel, grew up without the man there. And I always challenge young brothers to read those books. Wisdom of Solomon, uh, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Those will turn a boy into a man in a short time, in a few months. I always challenge young men that especially didn't grow up there, you know, with, you know, the male influence there to read those books that will that will progress and mature a young boy into a man in a very short span. All young men should read those three books. But the Bible's telling you you must be led by the Spirit of the Most High God to be viewed or, or, or received as the son of the Most High God or the daughters of the Most High God. You cannot be led by your emotions. We have to stop being led by our circumstances and mastered and manipulated by our moods, brothers and sisters. You start getting emotional, you know that's a problem. We're going to go to Matthew 15 and 8 in the gospel. Matthew 15, verse 8. This people draweth nigh unto their. Take your time. Mat Matthew 15, verse 8. This people draweth nigh unto on me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far, is far from me. A lot of times, brothers and sisters, we think if we're obedient, we should get what we want. But you can't do the right thing for the wrong reason. He said, our people draw nigh with their mouth. You say you love God. You say you want to honor him. But your heart is far from him. Because as soon as he say no, <laughs> then you go do it anyway. Then you go be disobedient. Then you hide from him. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. This people draweth nigh nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips 
but their heart is far is far from me. So as soon as he give direction we don't agree with, our obedience come to a screeching halt. <laughs> so we we a lot of times we want carnal benefit for following the Most High, and that's Satan's wicked train of thought. He believes that man will only follow God for carnal blessings. And we need to magnify that. You don't follow the Most High God because you want something. You follow the Most High God because you love him and it's what's right. Not because he'll get me a new car. or uh, That's the prosperity doctrine, brothers and sisters. That's what Christians teach. <laughs> Sow a seed and, and you'll be rich. What scripture is that? What scripture says if you follow the Most High God, you'll get everything you want? What scripture is that? Examine that. The Bible is telling you people draw nigh. or That nigh means close. You draw near or close to me with your mouth. You honor with your lips. But when I say no, then what? We're going to show you that Satan believes that man would only follow the most high God for carnal blessings. We're going to Job chapter 1 verse 6. We're rounding it down here. Job 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came along also among them. This is further proof that the sons of the Lord are angels, brothers and sisters. How do we know? Because men don't present themselves before the Most High. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Where are you coming from, Satan? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro in the earth. And from walking up and down in it. See, this is what Satan do. Satan just go through to the earth. You know, he just go through the earth looking for those he can destroy. Those who are weak. That's what he does. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? Have you considered Job? A perfect and upright man. One that feareth God and skew evil. Right. He, he utterly repudiated evil. He hated evil. He said, have you tried him? See, this is what you want the most out to do, brothers and sisters. You want him to boast about how, how, you know, how much you fear him and how obedient you are to him. Because see, Satan, what he says is, I can put so much on him that it will crumble him and he will turn away. See, when things start going wrong in your life, you got to understand that somebody's trying to crumble you. They're like, nah, just, just have one more thing go wrong. He'll put everything down. Just put, just, just have one more thing go wrong and he, he'll turn away. Read 8 again, brother, please. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and shew evil? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, Doth Job fear God? For not does God does Job fear the most high for nothing? So here he goes, brothers and sisters. He's getting ready to say, listen, man would only follow the most high for the benefit of himself. He's not obedient because you love him. He's obedient because you give him what he wants. Watch. Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Examine this next scripture. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. See? See? Examine that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> he said, listen, he believes we would only follow the Most High when we agree with his direction. We would only follow him when things go our way. <laughs> See? 
So if this is your train of thought, that, listen, as long as things go my way, or I'm just doing this because I want things to go my way, then Satan dwell in you. Examine this. This is Satan's train of thought. Man must be bribed into following the Most High God. If anything go wrong, he'll curse you to your face. <laughs> Read that scripture again, brother. Verse 11. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Right. Examine it. See? So we're not to be obedient because we want something in return. We must be obedient out of a pure heart, brothers and sisters. Out of a pure heart. See, this is Satan's train of thought. He's only doing this because you're blessing him. He's only doing this because you're giving him things that he wants. See? See, brothers and sisters? So you cannot follow the Most High out of carnal benefit. You want to follow the Most High. Yeah, you want to be blessed. But even if you're not going to receive things as quickly as you believe you should, right? You want to follow him because it's right, because you owe it to him, because he's your father. Because you love him. Because you fear him. The Bible don't say, you know, love the most high so you can get what you want. It don't say fear the most high so you can get what you want. <laughs> so if that's what you, you know, if that's why you're following him, then you're never going to get that, you know, the, the material things you want. Or whatever it is you're looking for. Because you're not following him out of a pure heart. Go to Matthew 5 and 8, brother, to the gospel Christ. Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. Read that again. Blessed are the pure in heart. Read that again. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, you don't get credit for doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Motive means everything. So the question we must ask ourselves is, are we following the Most High for selfish reasons? Is that what we're doing, brothers and sisters? It says, blessed are the pure in heart. So there must be purity there. The Most High knows our hearts, brothers and sisters. There must be purity there. We must do things for the right reason. For example, you, um, a brother need in your church or sister having a hard time paying uh, their rent or, or phone bill or something. And uh, you give it to him, but you're giving it to him so you can tell everybody, yeah, he needed my help. Yeah, you needed $150. I gave it to him in front of the whole church. You tell him. So, yeah, you gave it to him, but you didn't do it out of the right heart. So, really, it was a sin. So, that's what we're trying to show you, brothers and sisters. Even though you're doing the right thing, it can be done, done with the wrong intentions. So, yeah, I've seen it. A brother help a brother out, and he can't wait to go magnify how he helped this brother out in front of everybody. Yeah, he needed me. I got it like that. I'm balling. Yeah. See? So you must be pure in heart, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Read that one more time, I'm sorry. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. All right. So we needed to show you that. You must be pure, brothers and sisters. You must be pure. And following the Most High God for carnal benefit is not pure. We're going to Isaiah 65 and 2. Isaiah 65, verse 2. I have spread out my hands all the days on the rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good, after their own thoughts. After what? Their own thoughts. It shows you that following your own thoughts is a way that's not good. 
Following our own feelings and emotions over the Most High is never the proper course of action. So if we can accept no as an answer, that shows there's a level. If we can't, excuse me, accept no as an answer. If we can't accept rejection from the Most High as an answer, that shows there's a level of arrogance and pride that dwells within us, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 2, I have spread out my hands all the day on a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good. After their own thoughts. Those who walk after their own thoughts are rebellious people, brothers and sisters. See? So, because we believe our hypothesis is more accurate than his, <laughs> then we'll do what we want to do. That is the equivalence, uh, the equivalency of shaking your fist in the Most High's face. See? So, walking in your own thoughts, after your own thoughts, is the way that's not good. God, uh, excuse me, is a way that's not good. That's what rebellious people do. Excuse me. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. I have spread out my hands all the days on a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good. To show you, brothers and sisters, if you follow after your own heart, after your own emotions, what you want to do, then guess what? You're rebellious to the Most High God. And rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, brothers and sisters. The Bible tell you that, Right? The New Testament tell you that rebellion is like witchcraft, brothers and sisters. So even when you don't agree, I told a brother that a young brother, he's been in the truth for about maybe two years. I said, brother, when you don't understand it and when you don't agree is the perfect time to do it. Because that's really how you progress, because the father already know you don't agree, but you did it anyway. See, that's where the trust come. That's where the trust come. Now, you know what? I can give you more. Now I can give you more. He said, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with a lot. You got to be faithful with $5 before I give you $5 million. And if you can't be faithful in the little bit, you definitely wouldn't be faithful in a lot. So you have to know that, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalms 10 and 4. Almost done. Psalms 10, verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. See, so pride causes people to go their own way instead of the Most High's way. Pride makes you think you don't need the Most High's advice or help. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, if you allow your feelings to dictate your direction, you're wicked. <laughs> Read it again, brother. Verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. See, so you must... Acknowledge him in all our ways, brothers and sisters. So the, the whole deal is this. Emotions will never go away. So we must learn how to manage them and not let them manage us. See? Especially men. Especially men. There's a lot of men out there just over-emotional, letting their feelings, you know, <laughs> overrule logic. Well, yeah, you know, I was tempted. This girl, she had a, uh, you know... A bubble issues behind, and I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm married, but my, my feelings, I just, I, you know, I, I'm like, brother, you are, I mean, you ain't no man, brother. You can't control yourself. You a boy. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if your beard is touching your toe. If you can't control yourself, you're not a man. Read that again, brother. Verse four: The wicked. Through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Right. So pride is shown when you ignore God's instruction. 
for your own. And guess what? There's devastating consequences, brothers and sisters. Devastating consequences. We're going to go to, we're going to prove that by going to Proverbs 11 and 2. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Read that again. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Right, see? So when pride come, shame come right after that, brothers and sisters. You get ready to get shamed. <laughs> the worst thing you can have is pride. It will cost you more than any other character flaw, brothers and sisters. Why? Because pride blinds men. They will not accept wisdom to avoid trouble and shame. Read that again, brother. Verse 2. When pride cometh, then shame cometh. Then cometh shame. So usually when the Mosai is giving you private direction, he'll give you private direction and private correction. And once you continuously ignore that private direction and instruction, he's going to shame you publicly in front of everybody. So when you see these celebrities, you know, R. Kelly and all these people, they were told in uh, in private, the Mosai dealt with them in private many times. And now, finally, their shame is before the before the world. See, because you had pride to continue doing what you were doing when I told you already, told you privately. And now, look, now I have to embarrass you in front of everybody. Read that again, brother. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Right. So pride will destroy you, but it will destroy you disgracefully and shamefully all before men. Before all men, brothers and sisters, see? So, first, he privately instructs us. And once we continuously ignore his private instruction, he publicly shames us. Pride comes before the fall, brothers and sisters. It, all, it always has. Ask Rome. Ask America. It's, it's getting ready to come. So, when you start seeing that, even when you look at certain uh, uh, celebrities or, or basketball players, football players, when they start <laughs> getting smug and arrogant... Sit back, because here it come. Here it come, brothers and sisters. He's about to humble you, to show you, you ain't who you think you are. See? So it's either two things. You have those who are, who are humble, and you have those who are about to be humble. <laughs> There's two people in life. Those who are humble and those who are about to be humbled. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 5 and 2. We're wrapping it up. We've got about five more scriptures here. Ecclesiasticus 5, verse 2. Follow not thy own mind and thy strength. Read that again, brother. Follow not thy own mind and thy strength to walk in the ways of thy heart. Read that again. Follow not thy own mind and thy strength to walk in, thy, in the ways of thy heart. Continue. And say not, who shall control me for my works? For the Lord will surely revenge thy pride. For the Lord will... Surely revenge thy pride. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> our feelings are unreliable and cannot be trusted to convey truth. So emotionalism is dangerous because we allow our feelings to interpret our course of action based on circumstances. Sisters know how many times, you know, five years ago, four or three years ago, that was that man who you just, you felt like you just could not do without, right? <laughs> Six months later, you like, I wish I'd never met the Everson. <laughs> I wish I never knew this person. If I never spoke to this person or saw this person again, it would be too soon. Because see, your heart would deceive you. Brothers too. 
I just need to have this woman. I need to have her. Two years later, <laughs> you know, you like, this woman ruined my life. See? Because your heart would deceive you, brothers and sisters. Your heart would deceive you. How many times you didn't bought something that you just thought you could not do without, and then a month later, it's in a corner somewhere collecting dust. You can't allow your heart to control you, brothers and sisters. You must control your heart. Read verse 2 again, brother. Verse 2. Follow not thy own mind and thy strength to walk in the ways of thy heart. See, if you do that, this is putting feelings before faith. Are you... Are your feelings fighting your faith, brothers and sisters? Read that again. Verse 2. Follow not thy own mind and thy strength to walk in the ways of thy heart. See, never go with what you think. I always go against what I think because I know it's wrong. <laughs> Unless it's in accordance to the Most High God. If there's something my heart is feeling, I usually ignore it all the time because I'm like, if my heart feels this strongly about it, it's wrong. It's definitely wrong. I know that. I, I definitely don't trust my heart because the Bible tells me not to. Unless it's in accordance with the Most High God, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Anything my heart is selling, I'm not buying. <laughs> Unless it's in accordance with the Most High God. He said, follow not thy own mind and thy strength. Or walk in the ways in which your heart think is right. See? We all should be in this, you know, in this mind state, brothers and sisters. We are not to allow our feelings to fight our faith. We're going to show you those who allow our put our feelings before our faith suffer from this next scripture. Ecclesiasticus 3 and 24. Just a few chapters over. Ecclesiasticus 3 verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. Read that again, brother. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. And an evil suspicion hath overthrown their judgment. See? For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. What you think. So listen, brothers and sisters, deception is dangerous, but self-deception is disastrous. Why? Because when you have been deceived by another, that person shares the blame for your condition. But when your deception is self-imposed, you are alone accountable. <laughs> Read that again, brother. Verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. How you know you're dealing with your own opinion? When you start saying how you feel and what you think you deserve. Anytime you're about to say, well, I think I deserve this. Well, I've been doing this. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> you're being deceived by your own vain opinion. If you believe your way would be better for you than his, you've deceived yourself. Self, Self-confidence and self-dependency is a form of pride that leads to self-destruction. Read that again, brother. Verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion, and an evil suspicion hath overthrown their judgment. <laughs> Read verse 26, brother. Verse 26. A stubborn heart shall fare evil at the last. Read that again. A stubborn heart shall fare evil at the last. And he that loveth danger shall perish therein. A stubborn heart shall fare evil at the last. You being stubborn. You, uh, you follow your own opinion. What you think. What your hypothesis is. See? So you have to be able to overthrow your own opinion. You must know that your opinion doesn't matter. I know my opinion don't matter. It doesn't matter how many lessons or how many people we baptize or heal. That don't matter. My opinion does not matter. I'm a servant. <laughs> and I, I will never place myself above that. I'm a servant. Because guess what? The most high could easily throw me out and use somebody else to do the work. And you should understand that too. Most high don't need you. 
He said he could raise up rocks to praise him. He could raise up stones to be the children of Abraham. He don't need us. We need him. And we have to stay in that mindset, the mindset of a humble servant. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go to Proverbs 20 and 17 and then Proverbs 16 and 25. Every shepherd, uh, excuse me, every sheep needs a shepherd, brothers and sisters. Excuse me. Proverbs 20 and 17. Proverbs 20, verse 17. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man. Read that again. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. See, this is what happens when you're deceived by your own vain opinion. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards... His mouth shall be filled with gravel. See, that's the deceitfulness of the sin. It always tells us we'll gain more pleasure doing it our way without mentioning the dire consequences that come attached with it. So it feels great until the sad consequences of our decision falls in our lap. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards... His mouth shall be filled with gravel. See, so the Bible tells you, it, it encourages us to trust the Most High's guidance, even when our emotions are pushing us to do something different. Because initially, right, when you're eating all that candy, it's sweet, right? Five years later, when your teeth fall out, it's not sweet now, is it? <laughs> See? So sometimes the judgment is just, just a little far off. So initially, getting what you want is sweet. Until you find out what you wanted was not good for you. And sometimes the Most High allow that. He'll give you exactly what you're begging for to show you it's not what you ever needed. See? And, and, and that's scary right there. Because now you have to live with that. You have to live with that now. Go to Proverbs 16 and 25, brother. Just Proverbs. a few chapters over. Proverbs 16, verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man... But the end thereof are the ways of death. <laughs> he said, listen, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. See? So most people are too in love with their own opinions to change, brothers and sisters. Even if the Bible condemns their thoughts to be sinful and self-destructive. Your heart is telling you, no, this is right. This is what I need. But what? Read it again. 25? Verse 25. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. See? So a wise man learns not to trust his own thinking and to seek God's will on every matter, brothers and sisters. <laughs> right? See? So the father is telling you no to the house, no to the job, no to the car, no to the relationship. And sometimes, most times, people will come back and say, you just don't want me to be happy. You just don't want me to be happy. I just want to be married. You'll have a sister somewhere saying, I'm 65. I just want to have a husband. Father's like, no, not him. Not him. You just don't want me to be happy. That's what we do. See? And the whole deal is we have to take our eye off of us. Because it's not about you a lot of times. It's about him and his plan. We're going to show you that. We're going to John 11 and 1. John 11 and 1 to show you that it's not always about you. John 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. 
Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou loveth is sick. Examine this. He whom thou lovest is sick. To show you that even though Christ loved them, he still was sick. <laughs> to show you there's still adversity even when Christ loved you. But examine the next scripture. When Christ heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death. Read that again. This sickness is not unto death. Read that again. This sickness is not unto death. You ain't going to die. But for the glory of God. But for what? The glory of God. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Listen, it's not about you. <laughs> he said, listen, this sickness is not unto death. This is not even about him. This is for me to receive glory. See? So a lot of times when he's telling you, no, it has nothing to do with you. It's not right in his plan, in his eyes, for his purpose. But you just don't want me to be happy. You just don't want me to have the car. You just don't want me to have the job. You just don't want me to have that woman or that man. He's like, listen, it's not even about you. It's for my glory. Read it again, brother. Verse 4. When Jesus, when Christ heard that, he said, This thickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. See? So if you want to walk with the Most High, you have to learn to think like the Most High, brothers and sisters. It's not because he didn't want Lazarus to be healed. It's not because he didn't love Lazarus. Because Lazarus could have said, You just don't want me to be healed. You just don't love me. When he tells us no, it's for his purpose. It's for his will. And most times it have nothing to do with you. We needed to show you that. Sometimes it's the other person. I said no to the car. That car is going to explode. It, the transmission is leaking. I know it. You, you can't see it. I said no to the house. There's, there's, there's termites all beneath the floorboards. There's, you go in the closets and underneath the beds. You go in the bathrooms. And what do you have? You have black mold there. I said no. I said no to the man. He's a fornicator, an adulterer, a cheater. I said no to the woman. She's unsubmissive. She's stiff-necked. She's rude. I said no. See, it's not even about you sometimes. We're going to show you. We've got two more scriptures. We're going to Jonah 1, and then we're going to 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to close it out to show you that a lot of times when he says no, it has nothing to do with you, brothers and sisters. Sometimes there's judgment coming somewhere, and he's trying to keep you away from it. We're going to go to Jonah 1 and 1. We're going to read 1 through 5. Jonah 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amadi, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up from the, from the flea on, rose up to flee on a Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joab, Joppa. went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go to go with them on the Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Examine this, brothers and sisters. We need you to look at this, because sometimes the Most High will allow you to go forward. The Most High didn't stop him from going down to Joppa. He didn't stop him from getting on a ship. He didn't stop him from paying the fare. See, a lot of times we think because we're progressing that, you know, this is what the Most High want. No. Sometimes the Most High allow you exactly what you want so he can destroy you. <laughs> Examine this. Sometimes you have to have the sad consequences of having it your way. 
Read, brother. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. See, so he let him get on the ship. He let him pay the fare, put his luggage on. <laughs> and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid. The people on the ship were afraid. And cried every man unto his God. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea. To lighten it off. To lighten it off, off them. But Jonah was gone down in the sides of the ship. And he lay and was fast asleep. So examine his brothers and sisters. The people on this ship with this man Jonah who was disobedient. Are now about to be destroyed. To show you that sometimes when you're around a person or a place that's getting ready to be judged, you can get hurt too. That judgment come on you. I told you to stay away from that man. That man is not good for you. I'm about to judge that man. And now you're going to get judged because I told you to stay away from him. See, how many sisters have been in a relationship with a man and he didn't almost destroyed your life and took you back seven, eight years. Changed the whole trajectory of your life. How many brothers been with a woman that changed that changed the whole trajectory of their life because they were being disobedient fast and against the Most High God? And he had already told you, stay away. Stay away because I'm about to judge her. Stay away. I'm about to judge him. And if you're there, I told you to stay out of the way of my judgment. See? The mariners had nothing to do with this. But when you're with somebody or in the presence of somebody that's disobedient when judgment is coming, see? A lot of times it's not about you see brothers and sisters sometimes the father will allow you exactly what you're begging for just to show you it's not what you needed sometimes a closed door is the best door brothers and sisters jump to verse 8 brother verse 8 then said they unto him tell us we pray thee for who caused this evil is upon us so listen to this. So now the evil is upon them too when they done nothing. To show you that if you with the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time, that judgment can fall on you. See? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What country is thy... What, what is thy country? And of what people art thou? Examine this, brothers and sisters. Examine this. We just wanted to show you here that... If you are at the wrong location, at the wrong time, with the wrong people, all the things the Most High could have said no to, you can be a part of that judgment he tried to keep you away from. Sometimes it's not about you. It's for his glory. Sometimes it's for his glory, brothers and sisters. Reverse, uh, reverse 11, brother. Verse 11. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee? That the sea may be calm unto us. For the sea wrought and, temp and is tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth in the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. Sisters, how many times you've been with a brother? As soon as he got rid of you, <laughs> as soon as you got rid of him, <laughs> your whole life just started brightening up. How many times you've been with a job? Soon as you got a different job, soon as you got fired from that job, it just started to calm. Your nerves started to calm. <laughs> See? So examine that, brothers and sisters. Brothers, how many times, you know, that woman that you thought you couldn't live without, you finally got, you know, wasn't with that person. You can sleep now. Less stress now. <laughs> See? So the father's telling you, I told you no to the car. Now you can't, now the car don't even drive. <laughs> 
I told you no to that job. Now look what's going on at the job. You got homosexuals running loose at the job. I told you no. I told you don't move there. I told you no to that man. I told you no to that woman. You don't know what's going on in the future. Examine this next scripture. Continue, brother. For I know that my for my sake this is great. This Read verse great, 12 again. Okay. Verse 12. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea become unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. See, so sometimes being in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person can bring adversity to you, brothers and sisters. So a lot of times it's not even because of you, brothers and sisters. Sometimes you say cut that friend off, not because of you, but because of that friend. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, because why? You being with a person that's getting ready to be judged leads bad for you. The Most High knows the future. You don't. So that's what we must do. We must take our eye off of ourselves and put it on him. You just don't want me to be happy. You just don't want me to have more money. You just don't want me to have another car. It's like, this is not about you. <laughs> it's about me. It's about my plan. It's about my purpose. We're going to go to our final scripture. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. We're going to close out. First Corinthians 6, verse 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. And what? And ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. For what? Ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When you're bought with a price, you have to submit to the directives. From he that paid that price, brothers and sisters. Christ paid that price. The Most High who sent Christ paid that price. Therefore, we must submit to his direction. We must accept, even when the answer is no, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was, every sheep needs a shepherd. We hope that this particular lesson helps our brothers and sisters to be able to be humble and to submit to the Most High's direction, even when we disagree. We want to say, Kwam Yashrala. Kwam Yashrala. Sin no more. Sin no more.